Welcome everybody back to Fire Talk. It's been it's been quite some time since we went live. I think it was what two weeks ago. Um, but we didn't really get any videos in between. I was on vacation. Um, obviously, we were we were kind of not really recording that much before that, just because the Potters had been struggling. Then we get a win streak. Get kind of excited this weekend. Isaac went to a game this week. I went to the game last night. Um, unfortunately, they don't pull through. I, I do want to say before we kind of get into NFL stuff, I saw a lot of people talking about like, yeah, this is. Like basically complaining that they went on a win streak in September because it makes it kind of like seem like the season wasn't as bad. I completely disagree. Like I would rather them stay competitive and stay in it. Now, obviously it didn't work out. If we were being realistic, the hope was very, very like slim at the end. And we kind of expected that they, it wasn't going to work out. But it was fun that they had a little bit of a win streak. I know that they're technically not out of it yet, but it does feel like last night's loss ended it because it seemed like you needed everything to go right everything to fall into place and you had to win 16 straight so reason potters aren't in the playoffs reason that they're probably not going to make it unless i don't i, I don't know they're i'm guessing that their playoff chances are back down to a zero um but the reason they're not is because of the same issues that has happened all season long and then last night it was it was fitting because they go one for 17 with runners in scoring position and it was like okay yeah that's that's the team we've seen all year long so I mean, overall, I was happy that they did have some life towards the end of the season. I, I don't know why people were upset, like acting like that would like, like was a bad thing. I think that was a really good thing. I would rather them do that than just roll over and die in September. So I'm happy that, that they did actually do a little bit now. Um, and I re-asked here, and I was actually thinking about this last night. Don't they own the record for most losses in extra innings? I think they need one more. Right. Yeah, they're tied. They're tied right now. For uh, they're tied with uh, some team from '69. I think I'm not entirely sure who they're tied with, honestly. But like you said, man, I'd rather them go on, try going on a run, and hope for a miracle and be that magic team than just fold and and wave the white flag early in September. Because I mean, it was fun to be able to see that they had somewhat of a chance. It was less than a one and a half percent chance, but it was a chance. And um, I mean, I, I completely disagree with the, with the whole thing of, oh, man, they're winning, they're ruining their draft pick, they're ruining their draft pick, they're key, they keep getting lower in the draft. I don't care. Like, the reality of, of it is, wherever they draft, they always end up finding some top 10 prospect, some top 15 prospect in the MLB who might not pan out in the MLB, but they always end up being one of the best prospects in the MLB. They do it in the first and the second round. They're really good at it, so I don't really care where they draft. Um, but you saw some fight from them over these past two weeks, and um, what we thought was going to be in a, a magic run ended in typical fashion. <laughs> it ended in typical fashion. Um, you know, it's kind of poetic that they go on a eight-game win streak. They win nine of their last ten or something like that, and it ends with them going one for 17 and runners in scoring position. With the ninth inning having Fernando Tatis Jr. and Juan Soto up and, and not being able to cash in and win that game. Um, but overall in the season, we're not going to look at just that game and say, the Padres didn't make the playoffs because of a September 23rd loss to the Cardinals when they only had 70, what is it, 75 wins right now? We're not going to look at it that way. We have to look at it as the Padres didn't make the playoffs because the season was way too much like that September 23rd game that ended up losing their win streak. It was all too similar. Um, and at first it didn't look like it was going to be that way. It didn't look like Xander, Bo it didn't after that Xander Bogart's uh, ground out 
the fielder's choice, I ended up scoring a run. It looked like the tides were going to turn. It looked like, holy crap, things are turning around. Things are, this might be the magic that we've been searching for for 20 plus, 30 plus, however many years from the San Diego Padres. We might finally get some magic, some September magic. And it didn't end that way. And that's okay. I mean, I didn't expect it to happen. I didn't expect it to, you know, everything to break our way. I didn't expect 16 wins in a row. With the Cubs, you know, they're not that bad. I mean, they've shown to be a bad team this month, and I don't think they're going to go far in the playoffs, but they're not that bad. Um, You know, everything had to break right. And unfortunately, yesterday, some small, small mistakes. Luis Camposano dropped the outfield assist from uh, Fernando. Um, Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis Jr. couldn't cash in. Um, I mean, shoot, it was 16 times that the Padres couldn't cash in with runners in score position. So, overall, I mean, it's good that they went on a win streak. I'm happy they showed some fights. Xander Bogarts, completely, 180, has been fantastic in the month of September. Um, now, the way I look at it, though, is where was this all season? Of course, everyone's going to look at it that way. Everyone's going to say, why didn't we get this version of Xander Bogarts to begin to, well, we got him to begin with, but we didn't get it from May to now. And um, his he's going to end up with a good season. It's really weird. He's going to end up having, on the stat sheet, it's going to be a good season. So to everyone who doesn't watch Padres baseball on, you know, normally, because to me, it wasn't a good season for him. I watch Padres baseball normally. I don't think it was a good season. I don't care if, in the month of September, when the Padres are damn near out of it, he's batting. He has a 1,400 OPS in the month or 1,300, whatever it is. I don't care because the months between that, he was horrible. He was really bad running the scoring position. He cost us quite a few games. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that this is happening, and I hope this rolls on to the next season. But overall, like I was saying, these garbage these garbage time stats don't mean much to me. I don't care if you end up with over a four war with like a 120 WRC plus and, and the numbers that he's putting up. If you're not doing it in crunch time, I don't care. No, and I feel the same way. And honestly, Isaac, I feel like a lot of people have kind of went the route of like, oh, like Xander Bogart salvaged the season. He actually ended up being pretty nope. good on more of a positive spin. I disagree. And I, I I will say, like, dude, most of the time, like, we're pretty positive about these guys. Like, Fernando's had an off year. Like, we still look at, like, the positives of how good he was fielding. He's had ups and downs. But, like, it's like, okay, he did really good. Now, Kim's fallen off, right? Like, there's guys that have fallen off and stuff. And, like, Kim still had a good year. Manny's off year, like, isn't that bad. But, like, I do think that you have you have to rip everyone, like, also across the board. Now, I will say, the one guy that I don't really understand too much is, like, when people complain about, like, Juan Soto. Like, you can, you can nitpick oh, his game. God. But that's his game. Like, we know that he was not going to be a good fielder. He wasn't going to come in and be an elite corner outfielder. But he has over a 900 OPS, over 30 home runs, 100 RBIs. Five more. Yeah. Has he been super clutch? No. So you can nitpick a little bit there. But that's like that's like how you nitpick superstars. Like, to act like he hasn't been good is just absurd. But when we talk about Xander Bogarts and you go, you were good in the first month of the season. You were good in the last month of the season. Kind of when it didn't really matter. Like, I get mm-hmm. the first month of the season – you could say it matters just as much as like June or something like that. Right. But when you're pretty much eliminated in September, I think we can all kind of agree. Like it doesn't really matter that much. There's not that much pressure. That's kind of the same thing in the first month too. Like you look at some of the first month stats, what bro, the pirates were 20 and eight. 
Like yeah. the first month doesn't really matter. Like, it, and it does like all together because it averages out. But like, it's just really weird. It's like week one in the NFL where like everything's out of control and it's like, oh, this team's you know it looks so bad and then they end up being fine. It, it's everyone's kind of getting acclimated in their new spot. It's a little bit weird. You get some pitchers that are struggling early on. A, a lot of pitchers struggle early on to start the season. Um, we saw Hosmer every every April. April Haas was MVP caliber player, right? But you look at his whole season, it's like, dude, it wasn't that good. Now, is it is it promising that he ended the season hot? Yes, yep. 100%. Because we talked about it right before September started. We were like, dude, Xander Bogart's contract is terrifying. Like, mm-hmm. this is a scary, scary contract. And I do think it's a it's a little bit better now. So, and oh, I think this is this is a good spot right here. And I and I think uh, I think we'll get into a couple other Padre things. I saw some. I saw uh, Devin asked a question earlier, but untouchable to critique this year. Snell, Soto, Kim, Hader, Waka, Lugo, and Sanchez. I, I'll I'll take one guy out. I'll take Hader out. Not Me that too. he wasn't good, but it's like Hader kind of un- showed like it wasn't worth it to go yeah. get him. I feel like the unwillingness to pitch two days in a row for most of the season and then three days in a row to end the season. It's really frustrating. The numbers are there. The numbers are there. He's the best closer in baseball. He's, he's fantastic, man. When he's on the bump, he's so, so good. And, and, and it feels like, it feels like a guaranteed win when he's on the bump. Um, But as far as the critique goes, there has to be a little bit of critique just because, I mean, shoot, we were in the midst of, in June, we were struggling, man. We were struggling, and and we'd be blowing games, and it, it just we'd barely use him because he wouldn't be willing to pitch two days in a row. I'm sorry, but if you're gonna be, you know, on a championship contending team, a team looking to contend, you gotta go. You gotta be willing to go two days in a row. If we're going into extras, you gotta be willing to go two innings, or at least one and a third. You can't just bail out just because. Uh, historically, you know, a franchise that hasn't been known to treat its players the best, not that they treat them bad, but it's not like they've been known to treat their players the best. You're leaving that organization for an organization that's clearly trying to build uh, player to organization relationships that last for years. The Potters aren't going to do him wrong. They haven't shown, like Bob Melvin is not the guy to do their his player wrong. AJ Preller and Peter Seidler, as much as we don't like AJ Preller, they've shown their uh, maybe not Preller, but Peter Seidler does not want his players done wrong. He wants them put into the best situations possible. If Hader would have been willing to pitch two days in a row or two innings in a game, I bet you the Padres would be way more willing to pay him. I'm not willing to pay him. I'm not willing to see him in a Padres jersey next year for the amount that he might get paid. Maybe that's not fair to say. But the Padres just traded for Scott Barlow. Robert Suarez has looked solid these past few weeks. And I think that bullpen is the easiest to get in in free agency. And I think that the Padres have done pretty good in terms of finding guys that, you know, are free agents or are in the system and turning them into quality bullpen pieces. So I'd much rather do that than extend Josh Hader. But if Josh Hader would have thrown two days, given us an extra few wins, um, you know, instead of being five games back, maybe we're tied for a wild card spot because Josh Hader was willing to go an extra day, willing to go an extra inning. If he were able to do that, I'd want him back. But that's not the reality of it. And what sucks is he's a fantastic pitcher, man. I will not knock how great he is. His stuff 
is fantastic. Like when he first got here, it was a little shaky, but the way he pitched in September and in the playoffs and all throughout this year, just from stats alone, you can say this dude is worth Edwin Diaz money. No, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah, it is, right? And what's unfortunate, though, is that he doesn't pitch enough for me to be able to warrant giving him hater money or uh, Diaz money. But some team out there will. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough situation with Josh Hader, and I hate that, you know, I don't want him back. I want him back just for his skill alone, but for the innings that he goes, it's a little, it's a little tough. Yeah, dude, no doubt. And also one thing too, with like all that stuff is like you mentioned some of the names already, but there's also Tim Hill, Cosgrove, Avila looked really good this year. Like there, there's other guys in the bullpen, like there's other guys coming up. So it's, it's not as the bullpen also sucked this year and you were the third highest paid bullpen. Like don't pay your bullpen. That, just don't do it. Like we, we talked about this a lot throughout the season, but like it, it's not really a, it doesn't mean your bullpen is going to be good. It, it really yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's some. Um, it's also just such year in and year out. Like you saw where people are talking about Garcia. Look how mm-hmm. up and down his tenure with the Padres has been. Really mm-hmm. high moments, really low moments. Sometimes he's amazing. Sometimes he's just slumping. And you can't pitch him. So it it, it goes like up quite a bit. Um, final thing to discuss Padres related though, and I and I think this is kind of like. I don't want to get into it too much because we, we're definitely going to have to do an episode on this just because there's so much. And unfortunately, we didn't really record the last like week or so, so we didn't get to kind of attack it when it was going on. But Devin asked, are you guys going to talk about the Ken Rosenthal article and the Dennis Lynn articles? Um, <laughs> also, Kevin Acey has one. Like basically everyone talking about the Padres culture. Um, and then Irie down here, he said something about – I forgot what it was. Uh, he said something about Manny too, like Manny being the leader and stuff like that. I don't think we talked about it too much, to be honest, dude. Like, for me, okay. Are, were there like organizational issues? Yes, but we knew this, man. We, we knew this like we've always ago. known this. There wasn't news in that. The only thing that I didn't like, and I saw a lot of this, and like, look, Manny, Manny does some weird shit, guys. Manny does some weird shit. Okay, he says some crazy quotes. He just does some things that are you're like, dude, really, Manny? Like that—that's a lot. Like you should, you probably shouldn't say that. Here's the thing: Why are we blaming this on Manny? That is just stupid to me. That, like, why in the world when we see like, yeah, the the trainer is like has like no baseball experience. There's problems with Preller. I mean, Eric Hosmer for like everyone hates Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer and Preller hated each other. Like, there's always been issues with Preller. What is the cult like? What is this culture issue of all this stuff and Bob Melvin and and Manny Machado and Tatis and all this? No, guys, it's AJ Brother. It, it's just it's sitting there so obvious. So um, that's what that's what I feel like with, with that. Um, yeah, but like uh, I don't know. I kind of got it's like just everything we already knew. Yeah, uh, I mean, as far as AJ Preller goes, it feels like especially this year, every time somebody gets a chance to shit on AJ Preller, they take advantage of it. Um, it hasn't been resounding. Like the problem is when you're winning, nothing's going to be said. Everything will be kept under, under the, you know, under the blanket, whatever it is, nothing's going to be said. Everything's just going to be how the Padre, if they were winning right now, it'd be how the Padres turned around a historically bad franchise and made it what it is today. Something like that. Right. They're not winning now that they're not winning. Just like in every, I feel like football, maybe not as much. I, I, 
I mean, maybe I'm just used to rooting for a bad team, so I don't see it as much in football. I'm used to rooting for a bad team in baseball too, but not I'm not used to rooting for a team that is trying to turn around the trying to turn the page, trying to create a different story. And that story has not gone as planned. Um Kevin AC, as far as his article goes, that one was mostly about Manny Machado and how his leadership hasn't exactly been the best. Um player quotes, you can't fake. Um, he said them. It, it sounds definitely like he said whatever quotes were said in that article. Um, but anything else said by Kevin AC, I'll take with a grain of salt. But we've known there's definitely some culture issues in the Padres organization right now. Um, the question has to become like, what is it? Why? Like, you got guys that are supposed to get along. Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Fernando, and Soto. They're all supposed to get along. We don't know if they actually get along. Like, we genuinely do not know. Um, it's just so weird because last year it felt like such a good culture. They were all playing for each other. Like, you saw how happy they were in the playoffs. Dude, all of them had such selfless at-bats. They were so selfless. They All their at-bats were for each other. Like, there was such a good vibe to that team. What happened? Like, yes, it's not the same team, but what happened? Like, it, it shouldn't have turned around that fast. And it feels like throughout the season, they they kept their foot. Like, it didn't feel like their foot was on the gas in the first place. <laughs> it didn't feel like their foot was on the gas in the first place. It felt like It felt like they looked at their team on paper and said, we're the shit. Nobody's beating us. It really did feel that way. It felt like the culture had switched from in 2022. It was, hey, like we had one of the biggest collapses in in the MLB the year before. We got to go prove ourselves. We won't have Fernando for an extended period of time, but you know we're out here to prove ourselves, and we have to go make the playoffs. We got to go turn this around. To, well, we made the NLCS last year. We got Xander Bogarts. We're getting Fernando back. We'll be fine. No matter what, we'll be fine. A lot of baseball left. That's what it felt like all season. It felt like there was no sense of urgency all season. And when there was a sense of urgency, they had already been playing such bad baseball, such routine baseball, like just going through the motions that it was already too late. It was too it was too late to go back into, you know, the extreme um, dedication and the extreme like sense of urgency that it takes to be a good baseball team. They had nothing to prove. They felt like they had nothing to prove. They felt like they were going to go out there and just destroy everyone because of the names on their team. That's not how baseball works. And I hate to make that assumption, but when it was already too late, we finally saw some urgency and they went on a win streak that felt like might salvage their season. I wouldn't so, even say you're making assumptions though. That's like, yeah, no, it, it, that's the thing is it, it feels true. Is it not only did it feel true, it looked at the part the whole way. And um, it's just an unfortunate season. And yeah, you know, I don't know how we're all going to, I don't know how we're going to take those quotes come next year. It's just too, it's, it's such a 180 from last year. We we're all saying Manny's one of the best captains in baseball. He, he puts the team on his back. Manny Machado, this Manny Machado, that I love Manny Machado. Manny Machado's the face of San Diego. Now, a year later, here's Manny Machado as the villain. I don't want to paint him in that in that way. I can't. I'm gonna give him another year to you know 
turning around this narrative because the narrative switched so fast. I don't think I don't think we're giving him a fair a fair shake. Yeah, and I and I also do wonder like we also don't like like you said like we see that but we see it more as like the full team aspect of it. Um, I do think Manny's like jump on the band bandwagon later when made it yeah, look really bad. Like that was that was so bad. But yeah. I do think that's something where like you're looking at the team culture and and like I don't know. I think I think it's dumb to use Manny as a scapegoat because if Manny's a scapegoat, then what is last season? Like yeah. and sports do. I mean, sports drastically change year to year. But I also think you have to kind of take it as like it's a your year thing sometimes. So um, I, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. We definitely got to do something on like how the Padres can fix their culture. Um, sneak peek. It is a uh, number one priority is getting rid of AJ Pro. I'll tell you guys that right now. I think that's I think that's so obvious. I don't even know how people argue against that anymore, to be honest. Um, but I think we can do something on that. I think we'll kind of and we're going to start talking more about the offseason and stuff that they can do in terms of that. I, I see like signing cooper here you know stuff like that we'll, we'll get yeah. into some stuff like that Less, um, and i think it'll be interesting one guy yeah. grisham like we, we think grisham probably will be gone so I, yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff in regards to that um but Let's, i think you want to talk about the nfl a little bit i want to talk about one more thing i haven't yeah. we haven't gotten to talk about the padres that much lately of course so i'm 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 i want to talk about the padres um i of course want to talk about the football too we'll talk about football right after this but the whole consensus has been that AJ Preller is going to be back and Bob Melvin's going to be gone. What the? F- what are we doing? What are we doing? Why? Are, why is that what we're talking about? Why is it that AJ Preller is Peter Sadler's boy and he gets to stay, dude? There's two different sides to this. There's two different sides to this history. Bob Melvin has done more with less in Oakland. Took us to the NL. CS with less than he was he was promised Fernando Tatis Jr. He was promised a lot of things. He didn't get it. He still took us to the NLCS. With us with an underperforming Juan Soto throughout that after the trade deadline, with an underperforming Josh Bell. Almost everyone underperformed except for Manny. Pitching staff was fantastic. You got one side of the spectrum in there with a guy that's historically good. You got another side where the guy's historically shit. And we're going to keep the guy that's historically shit? This doesn't make any sense. It's so, like, it's so mind-boggling. Like, this is the guy that that has Grisham out there on an everyday basis. That extended Cronenworth. That signed Eric Hosmer. That signed Xander Bogarts. And yes, he's done some good things. I will not knock the good things he's done. Trading for Fernando Tatis Jr., signing Manny Machado, uh, getting you Darvish, getting Joe Musgrove, getting Blake Snell. I will not knock any of that. To be fair, a lot of those moves, though, like, okay, you crediting him. A lot of those moves, part of that credit goes to Peter Seidler. Bro, they traded up the books, Darvish. Exactly. Darvish mm-hmm. was a salary dump. So it's mm-hmm. like. Manny got offered more than anyone. Like the reason they're getting these guys is because they offer more than anyone. They offered yeah. Aaron Judge four hundred mil. Yeah, <laughs> like that's you the reason. You know what's so funny about like I? It's hard to compare these, but I just recently watched Winning Time. I don't know if you've seen Winning Time on on uh, is that the Lakers, Celtics? the Lakers dynasty. Yep, fantastic show. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. One thing I noticed was like, dude. This is what the Lakers want, or this is what the Padres want to be. Because the Lakers had been getting dog walked 
before Jerry Buss came around. They lost six straight finals, uh, you know, whatever it is. Celtics were clearly the dynasty. And now they're trying to spend money. Now they're trying to offer players more than any other organization. Now they're trying to get trust and um, that's awesome. Great show, man. It was fantastic. I loved it. Um, now they're trying to build organization and player trust and a relationship. Dude, it was just like mind-boggling me. My girlfriend was sitting next to me while I was watching it, and I was like, I see so many similarities in what the Potters and, and this Lakers are trying to do. It was so like crazy and um didn't work out that way this year. But as far as what I think the Padres need to do, number one has to be canning AJ Preller. Not for the reason that he hasn't brought in good players, but because he's not willing to use the resources that every other every other baseball team has to make those good players better, to make those good players great and those great player superstars. The reason Bob Melvin loved being in Oakland, and he said this time and time again, and you'll hear Bob Melvin when he's talking take little digs at the roster construction. He just did so recently. You'll hear him take digs at it, and you'll hear him talk about how he doesn't have the same analytics and resources he had in Oakland. How about bringing in a president of baseball operations or a general manager that will give him those resources? And if they do that, I guarantee they're a 93-plus win team. 100% guarantee it. Go get you. Go get Yamamoto. Go get another two starting pitchers after that. And just build around the four. Again, you got you to gotta buy in. You got to buy in again. You can't. Don't trade Soto. Hope Manny gets better by April. And go all in again. Dude, I, I think you're true. And you're talking about the Lakers, but dude, the to, and we can kind of transition the football at this, but. Look at the 49ers, dude. In my life, they had hardball, and then it fell off hard. fell off super hard. They were the worst team. They, they were terrible for like yeah, five bad. years, four or five years, right? Mm-hmm. They bring in Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch too. I mean, I don't, I don't think John Lynch is an amazing talent evaluator, but he's a hell of a culture guy. And the Niners culture is insane. Oh, and that's yeah. the reason that they develop guys, fifth rounders, every single year. That's why you see teams baseball-wise – like the Rays and the Dodgers, and now the Orioles, that are just going to develop guys. They're just going to stack talent, and they're going to get the most out of that talent. The Padres don't do that. Campusano's like, we're so pumped about Campusano because it's like, we did it. We developed a guy since Fernando Tatis. Look at this. And it's like crazy that that, that, that happened. And he was only in the farm system for like 10 years. But, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's interesting. Like the culture stuff, is it's so huge. And and I don't think, I don't think it's talked about because – you can't quantify it. You can't quantify it like you can go, AJ Preller fleece this guy for a trade for Fernando Tatis. Oh, we fleece this guy on a trade for you, Darvish. And then you go, well, yeah, you also got fleece on these other trades. But yep. you look at the big ones. You look at the highlights. But you don't talk about the fact that the trainer has no baseball experience. Yep. I mean, that's that's just Some insane. bullshit, bro. Some bullshit. So you need, you need a culture revamp, and that's not getting rid of Bob Melvin and keeping AJ Preller is is a not the path towards that. And, and we've seen that. So – that's where I'm on it. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk football a little bit. We only got yeah. we got like ten minutes. Yeah, I know. I was I thought we were gonna talk about the Padres for like ten minutes, but I, it, it was a fun <laughs> conversation to have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I haven't talked about the Padres in a while. I needed to get some things off my chest. Um, <laughs> yeah, last thing I'll say is it's either can AJ Preller, can Bob Melvin, or can both. 
I know which side I'm on. Let us know what side you guys are on. Unfortunately, in nine minutes, I will be watching the Chargers. Um, for those of you who don't know, J.C. Jackson was a healthy scratch today. Austin Eckler. What? Yeah, J.C. Jackson, healthy scratch today. Oh, he's cooked, dude. He's cooked, he's cooked. bro. He's done for. Um, oh, one thing God. that really pisses me off, and this goes for Manny Machado as well. Manny Machado has a lot of say in who the Chargers sign, or Chargers, Padres sign, or, you know, who they get. Derwin James should not have say anymore after what just happened with J.C. Jackson. Derwin gets nothing anymore. He's done. Like, your your opinion is done. It's done for. It's washed. It's cooked. You're, you're gone. Don't – I don't want to hear it. Um, But Austin Eckler's also out, so you got that Josh Kelly coming out of the backfield. For those of you who don't know, I think he's a certified bum. He might do good oh, in fantasy. He is a certified he bum. He is a certified bum. He's horrible. Um, you know, in our league, Matt, somebody dropped 300 on him, and I was kind of shook. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because that was ridiculous. That was kind of crazy. But he might have a good game today for whoever has him in fantasy um, because the Vikings are a bad run defense. But overall, if there's a 10 o'clock game to watch, it's this Chargers-Vikings game. Oh, if dude. Dude, amazing, easily, amazing easily. matchup. If you if you hate the Chargers, if you love the Chargers, you are gonna have so much fun watching this game. Like I said, Jackson, healthy scratch. Bosa sucks. Mac hasn't been good this year, but he's not that bad. Um, Michael Davis sucks. Asante Samuel, meh. Derwin. I mean, he's one of the best safeties in the NFL, but still. <laughs> um, so Isaac, this is my take on this game. So okay, whoever loses whoever loses this game also Season's like over. this is the Chargers the Chargers Vikings game is like clearly the game of the week. Yep. I know we talked about Chargers in week one we were talking about them, but that was more just and we talked about the Niners too. But it was more because we we're like, all right, you know, a lot of people either love the Chargers or hate them, but yep. this is definitely like the best football game that's on this weekend because yep. whoever loses, their season's over. Like season's their over. season is done mm-hmm. because the Vikings play the Chiefs and the Niners in their next like four games, so they're going to start two and five. And then the Chargers play the Chiefs and maybe the Eagles. I forget so, who they play. The so Chiefs. we play the Raiders next week. We have a bye the following. And then we play. I know one of them is the Chiefs. And it's another really good team. Chiefs Cowboys. week seven. Week six is, yes, Cowboys week six. Yeah. Chiefs week seven. So I think those are, I think those are like guaranteed losses. Yep. So too. if you lose, like you're going to be two and five. If you're two and five, you're not making the playoffs. Nope. Like that. I mean, actually, I guess I can't say that with the Chargers because the Chargers classic move would be like to start like two and five, then went out and then choke the first playoff They've game. They've done it so before. Maybe, yeah. They've done it before. But, but my thought on it is whoever loses this game, it's kind of like you're losing your guy. So mm-hmm. it's probably a good thing for the Chargers because I think that means Brandon Staley's a lock to be gone. Oh, my God. I think Brandon Staley is awful. I've thought that every time since he started coaching, I'm like, oh, this guy sucks. Um, I think for the Vikings, I think Kirk Cousins is gone if they don't win, which I think Kirk gets way too much hate, to be honest with you. Like, I don't think he's that bad. I think he's like a crazy, he's going to move the needle a lot. No, but I don't know. I think think those are the two guys. That's the outcome is you're not making the playoffs and those guys are gone next year or during the season because they could, I mean, the, Vikings could trade could trade Kirk Cousins potentially in yeah. like in the, like this year. So I think it's a I think it's a crazy game. Um outside of that though, unless you have anything else you want to add on that one. Yeah. What other games, man? 
I mean, I see Devin's question. Do you guys have – I'll answer Devin's and M85's questions. So the first one being, do you guys have any teams that are 0-2 that you're concerned about the most? Two we just spoke of for sure. Two we just spoke of, absolutely. But because of a Joe Burrow calf injury, you got to worry about the Bengals. Because Burrow might not play this week. Starting 0-3 is basically a death sentence. If you go 0-3, only 4% of teams that start 0-3 make the playoffs. They started 0-2 last year, too. The Bengals did. It's a big difference, though. Burrow wasn't playing hurt. Burrow didn't suffer a setback. So that's a team that I would say if Burrow was healthy, I wouldn't be as concerned for them as I am the Chargers and the Vikings. But since he's not, I think you got to throw him right in there. M85's question is, could you see a Mac trade at the deadline? Oh, sorry, I didn't let you talk about the 0-2 teams. I'll just answer this one real quick, and then you can talk about them. Um, yeah, I could. I could, absolutely. Uh, try and recoup some picks. Um, I don't think it's going to be a good year for the Chargers. I think it's I, I think it's already over, if, if I'm being honest. I see, I feel so bad for you, dude. Padres <laughs> Chargers? We were talking about it. I remember, because Chase, us two and Chase were talking about it. We're like, dude, like, like a couple weeks ago, we're like, all right, I just can't wait till football season starts. Like, all fantasy. Like, me and Isaac's kind of like, yeah, I mean, the Chargers are. Uh-huh. And then me and Chase are like, yeah, we're pumped. Niners are going to be good. You know, it's going to be a good year and stuff. And then immediately, we're two weeks into the season. And the Chargers are basically cooked, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think Mac could get traded. I mean, and anyone will, everyone wants an edge rusher. So I think that's yeah. true. I think you're right about the, the Bengals. And one other thing I'm going to say right now, dude, even if Joe Burrow plays on Monday, don't just count them to win that game. Nope. I don't know why the people. The Rams are good. I don't know why people thought they were going to suck. Like, oh, they have a completely revamped defense. Guys, did you see the guys that they lost outside of Jalen? It was like, oh, they lost Taylor Rapp. Oh, no, they lost a shitty safety. Everyone freak out about it. Like, oh, dude, they draft Puka. I like Puka a lot. Um, Me too. Like, coming out of BYU. Because if you ever watched uh, if you ever watched Jaron Hall play, who's got drafted to the Vikings, I think. It was like Jaron Hall was like, I think it was a third or fourth round pick. And it was like, oh, he's an intriguing guy. But then you're like, dude, who is this dude that keeps mossing everyone? And it was Puka. And you were just like, damn, dude, Puka's amazing. So I think the Rams are going to win that game, even if Burrow plays. Like, I bet on the Rams this week. Not not a lot. It's like a low bet. But I was in on the Rams. I was like, because they were projected to be the fifth worst team in the league going into it. They were supposed to, they were supposed to have the fifth pick, like when they do like the mock like simulations and stuff. And I was like, Dude, they might make the playoffs in the NFC. Now, the NFC looks a lot better, so I don't know if that's going to be the case, but they're going to be in the mix as long as Stafford's healthy, and he looks good. His arm strength is there. You got Aaron Donald, and you don't even have Cooper Cup yet. Um, So I don't know, dude. I mean, I I think that that's going to be a really good game as well, that Monday night game. I'm pumped for that one. What's the other Monday night game? It is Eagles-Bucks. Eagles. Bucks, I think. Yeah. I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles D line is going to eat in that one. I, I bet that's one of my favorite games of the week too. Because Baker Mayfield is short. We all know that. He's not good <laughs> against interior pressure, bro. He's going up against Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox. Um. Oh, what's the what's the dude they drafted the year before? The huge. The you guy is huge. I I don't know. Why I can't think of his name. Javon. No. no Hargrave's on the Niners now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He's he's giant, dude. He played. Uh, I think he played at like uh, Houston. I forget, dude. I can't think of his name right now. Um, but then you have stupid. Uh, their D line is just insane, right? It's like insane, yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. I see I see someone talking about the Raiders here. Um, M M85 talking about uh Chandler, Chandler Jones. Jones. Yeah, Chandler Jones is Chandler Jones is gone. They should just trade him. Yeah. Um Harry Wilson has been raw. Yeah, but he was but he was supposed to be like that. That's the thing. Yeah, like, he was supposed to be good. Yeah. I see a lot of people freaking out, like, wow, why did we take Jalen Carter like over Tyree Wilson? I guess Tyree Wilson was not it's a He's a project player. Like, he is a clear project player. Um, but Jalen Carter is also just insane. I mean, he just fell because of, like, legal issues. Legal issues, yeah. Concerns. He probably would have been um, a top five pick. If not top five, top ten easily. Yeah. I think – I mean, I think – sorry to diss the Raiders. I think the Raiders' best bet is to suck this year too, dude. Like, Me too, yeah. Go have a Caleb. recent year. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't think they're going to be that bad, though. That's the problem. That is a problem. There's a lot of quarterbacks. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft class. It's gonna be a good quarterback here. Um, rapid fire through these other ones. Patriots, Jets. Patriots should win. That's my lock for the week. Um, Saints, <laughs> Packers. That's an exciting game. Yeah. Falcons, Lions. That's a good one. Dude, Broncos, the Packers Dolphins, got guys maybe. missing, bro. The Packers do. Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Christian Watson, all out. Thank you for telling me that. I'm going to put some money on the the Saints as we speak. Um, I did not realize that they were missing that much. I, I knew that Aaron Jones was out, but Jair yeah, too, man. Damn. Yeah. So Olave's cooking today is what you're. Olave's cooking today, bro. Oh my! For those of you who don't know, like I I really like Chris Olave, bro. Like I I drafted him in fantasy. Unfortunately, I had I didn't have to trade him, but I traded him for a guy that has a dead quarterback. Jamar Chase. Well, Chase will be that's still that's still a good deal though. Because they're gonna because the Bengals won't ever like just throw in the towel. Like even yeah. if they even if they were 0-3, like they would be like, all right, let's let's end it. Yeah, um, they're not gonna can. They're not gonna can it on Jamar. All right, let's see. Ten bucks here. I'm I'm going on the Saints. I did I did not realize that. Wow. All right. Got the Saints too. Okay. Um Let's see, man. What else we got? Final kind of pieces. I guess, okay, final question to leave you guys with because I know games are about to start. Who is a team that surprised you most in the first three weeks? And I'm going to look at it too. Trying to think if there's someone that just like, I'm like, damn, dude, these guys are way better than I thought. I think a lot of people would probably maybe would say the Rams. I would say the Rams. Um, I kind of want to say the Cowboys, to be honest. Because the Cowboys yeah. – Legit. They look, they, yeah, they look crazy. I would just say like the Giants. I don't want to go off like the Giants and the Jets, you know? Yeah, because well, the Jets are it's like the Jets. It's just rough. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe the Packers. To be honest, dude, the Packers have been pretty competitive okay, in both yeah. their games. Mm -hmm. um, Bengals Falcons. in a negative way. Falcons. The only problem is Desmond Ritter sucks. Desmond Ritter sucks. Yes, I've just been surprised that like I did not think they had a chance against the Packers. But yeah, that was a good one. That was a good game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that. You know what? I got mine. I read this one's for you, man. The Dolphins, because oh, the yeah. Dolphins, the Dolphins brought in Vic Fangio, and they're gonna get better as the year goes on, and they're they're really legit. They. They're going to be either the top wild card team or they're going to win that division. And that's saying a lot. I think I don't think the Bills are like not that great. I know some people don't like the Bills that much. I think the Bills are phenomenal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that they look really good, and their defense looks a lot better than it did last year. And they're going to add Jalen Ramsey. And for those that think Jalen Ramsey is washed, he is not. Jalen Ramsey is still an absolute dog. Um, final thing on that I'll, I'll that I'll say too. M85 and two bias answer honest thoughts on card New Orleans. He looks washed, dude. He yeah, looks he looks horrible. Bad. He looks yeah. awful. <laughs> I think it's um, going to get better as he develops more of a, a relationship or more of a rapport with Olave and MT. But bro, he just looks like his tools are gone. Yeah, he doesn't look the same. He looks kind of he looks kind of beat down. He looks maybe a little frustrated. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just it doesn't feel the same for him because he's not with the Raiders. I mean, that guy was that guy bled like everything Raiders, bro. He was so he was so like committed to that organization. So maybe it's just like maybe he's trying to put too much pressure on himself because I feel like he's trying to prove the Raiders wrong. I'm so sad I got this game on in the back, bro. But <laughs> um, maybe he's trying to prove him wrong. But all in all, you know, I think he'll get better. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it. Commanders. I think the commanders will be average at best, even though they're up 2 0. But, all right, guys. I think that's going to do it. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy your football. Uh, we'll probably get a couple of videos, a couple more videos out this next week. And then I, I think that we should be going live next Sunday. I'll post on YouTube. I'll post on Twitter whenever we're going to do it. So I'll let you all know. But have a great rest of your day. And hopefully, I don't even know. Isaac, what do you want? You want the Chargers to win or lose? What, what, what do you even want? I mean, I want them to win. I, I, <laughs> I want them to win just because I can't stand wasting another year of Herbert and Keenan and Mike Dub and Derwin and everything. But it'd be nice to get rid of Staley. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. So, mm. yeah. All right, guys. Have a good Sunday, and we'll talk to you all later.